That's in the Bible, episode 36, The Bible Doctrine of the Trinity. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saved from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Hello and welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name is Eric and glad you could join us today for another edition of That's in the Bible, a program where we take a look at different subjects, different topics, and we match them up with the Word of God just to see where the, the Bible stands and, and uh, on those different topics. And today we're looking at the Bible doctrine of the Trinity. Today we have with us... Steve and Pastor Strobel. We'll start with Pastor Strobel. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine tonight, thank you. All right, good to hear from you. And Steve, how are you this evening? I'm doing very well. Also, <laughs> I can't talk. That's all right. So. Well, those things happen, and uh, we're glad you're glad you're both here. Matt is not with us. Today happens to be his birthday, and he is I'm not exactly sure where he's at. I think he's at uh, another church, but I'm not sure. So anyway, and uh, he just actually messaged in, saying he's driving home and doesn't have good reception. So we won't be hearing from him via phone. But anyway, what's new with you guys? Well, could we first ask how old Matt is? Matt is very old. He's uh, 28 today. Wow. 28. Wow. I can't even remember those days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. I can remember when that sounded old. <laughs> Don't anymore, but I can remember uh, that. <laughs> yeah. I bet. Yeah, 28 seems very young to me these days. But it's because I'm old. Well, I've got one that made me feel older. Uh, uh, was it last week, or uh, I think we talked about it the last podcast? My oldest son turned thirty, and uh, that made me feel kind of old. Mm. Yeah, that is old. Yeah, it means you're old. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> age-wise. Yeah, but uh, would you would you want to go back? I wouldn't want to go back and do that again. No, no probably not. Did you say I'm you? Having, I'm having too much fun right now. Yeah, amen. Did you say you wanted to go back, Pastor Stroll? No, no, thank you. <laughs> and uh, what have you guys been up to? Go ahead, Steve. We were going to help right. him. We were going to help Steve. Don't remember. <laughs> the the memory on is Monday. Failing. You were. <laughs> <laughs> we can account for everything, but Tuesday yeah. we figured yeah. that out. Yeah, I can't even remember what I did Tuesday. So, but uh, Pastor Strobel and I were at Attica Prison, uh, ministering to the fellows there, and uh, doing some teachings and so forth. Had a good time with those guys. Always look forward to that. And uh, uh, again, on church, uh, uh, been teaching uh, in our Sunday school uh, on outreach ministries and so forth, and. And uh, trying to get people excited and enthused about going out and reaching the lost. And however form or fashion that is, there's a lot of different ways of doing that. Uh, whether it's uh, street work, uh, uh, you know, street preaching or passing out tracts or 
uh, holding signs, doing something, you know, just to get the word out, sow some seed. Um, or going into places like nursing homes and preaching or going from room to room and just seeing if people uh, would like a visit and then uh, eventually working in the gospel that way. So just uh, trying to encourage our folks and uh, um, keep them interested in serving God. Amen. Amen. Along that line, um, we're in our full swing of our uh, summer uh, ministries and uh, we just got street preaching uh, started up uh, a few weeks ago or so. Um, Saturday, uh, we do Saturday afternoons um, out in the streets in Lockport. And tomorrow night uh, begins the concert series that will run for several weeks. And we get a chance to go down to that. And um, we bring scripture signs and uh, gospel tracts and uh, pass them out and uh, look for people to talk to and uh, do some preaching as we're able as well. Uh, we do a regular church soul winning uh, year round with the Lord's help by his grace and we had a good time out last Saturday um, I, I was approaching we were due door to door visitation which is scriptural Acts chapter 20 and 21 if you're wondering about that but uh, we, we go out door to door and I was approaching a door and there was a guy just a few houses down sitting on a porch kind of watching his um, his 8 year old and as we we're approaching his place. Um, I noticed he got up and started walking away. He hadn't seen us or anything, wasn't doing it because of us, but he, it was time for him to go somewhere. So I just felt impressed to chase him down and uh, took took a few times of calling and, and, and finally got his attention. He stopped and talked with us and was uh, very interested, listened to the gospel. You could hear uh, his phone going off with text messages coming in about five or six times while we were speaking and he kept ignoring them um, and uh, let us you know, get, go through the gospel, answered you know, any questions that he had, gave explanation, and, and he bowed his head and, and right there asked the Lord Jesus Christ to save him. Amen. Um, amen. When we were finished, he said something like this. I said, I always wanted been wanting somebody to show me the Bible, you know, or tell me about the Bible, but I just didn't know where to go. Hmm. I was telling the story to our uh, folks on Sunday night in the course of the message, and I mentioned the young man's name, and after the service was over, one of our folks came up who, uh, he is a, an RN at uh, our local hospital, said, um, I know that guy. Um, and he, he he said something about, how, I forget exactly the term that he used, but the man in the course of our conversation had told us that he was diabetic, and our man that works at the hospital said that he's been in many times in, in rough shape uh, because of that. Um, he was kind of like a regular customer, I guess, was the gist of what he was saying, or maybe a hard case in, uh, that they've had to deal with. And he's talked with them before, um, you know, and prayed for him, and uh, was real excited to hear that we ran into him. And uh, just, you know, you think about how the Lord works, you know, how he, he moves around, and um, our our brother had him in his sights and prayed, and the Lord turned us loose and directed our paths together. So it was a real blessing. Amen. 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 And then, um, you know, for those of you that uh, think to pray for us, I'm just getting ready to head out a little bit later next week, actually just a little over a week um, from the time that we're doing this uh, podcast right now, recording it. I'll be heading out, Lord willing, to uh, Alaska um, into one of the Arctic villages, which thankfully is not having Arctic weather at this time of year. <laughs> we have a couple of families from our church that are there. 
um, and one of them has been pastoring there for uh, many years. The other family has joined with him recently after uh, he pastored in a very small Arctic village for five years. And so we're going up there to be with them, uh, to see the ministry, have the opportunity to preach for them, and uh, just want to you know spend time being an encouragement while we're there as well. So looking forward to that. And uh, then today I'm making preparations for our travels for youth camp uh, a couple weeks after that. So just a lot going on in the summer here. Amen. And uh, some of you might remember Mike from, uh, let's see, it was episode, let me look here real quick, 22. A Man Questions the Act of Salvation. He's also a Yankees fan. Well, Mike and, and now his wife have been coming over and uh, we've been going through the Bible, really kind of discipling him. And... Uh, both Mike and his wife have made a profession of faith, Amen. and uh, so that was, that was that was pretty exciting. And and uh, let's see, today is what is today? Twenty fourth <laughs> Thursday. It's Thursday. All right. So it was just last night we were together and got home at four. They followed me home, and we were together from four to six thirty when I left to go to church. And uh, just. Uh, last night was just answering questions and, and different different subjects and topics from the Bible. Um, but also on uh, on um, Wednesday morning, or after lunchtime, uh, Mike and myself and another fellow went out uh, to lunch. And, uh, and I happened to have some tracks in my car uh, right, right on the... Uh, Okay, where you keep your loose change there, you know, by the gear shift. And I handed the the other fellow a track, a chick track, and it started talking about somebody being sick. I think it was room 310. or, And uh, he was starting to look at it, read it out loud, and the mic was sitting in the back. And it said something along the lines of uh, being, you know, they had to tell this guy he was dying. And and um, they were worried about what they would say to him and... and uh, and the other fellow said something about, "Well, oh, that would be hard telling someone they're going to die, right?" And, and I turned, <laughs> I looked in the mirror back. It was to Mike who was sitting in the back seat and said, "Mike, what, what, how would you answer that? Would it be would it be tough having to tell someone that they're going to die?" And Mike says, thought for a minute, and he said, "Well, it wouldn't be so bad if they knew Jesus Christ as their Savior and they were saved and going to heaven." Amen. <laughs> so, amen. Amen. And that was really the I think his first time that he was able to make a public witness and and it was good and throughout lunch we 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 had more conversation and I think it was also breaking the ice with this other uh colleague and friend of Mike's that uh you know he hasn't really talked about the Lord in the Bible and so that was that was good so Amen. that was a good time and and you know you're talking about street preaching and witnessing and I was pulling up to a Taco Bell the other day, and I had tracks there. And and I'll have to admit, some some days I just I don't I don't feel like passing out a track, <laughs> but I know it's the right thing to do. And anyway, I heard on the uh, I heard the the person took my order, and it sounded like a really young girl. And I thought, oh, this would be easy. I'll just give her a track. And so, I, but I pull up to the window, and, and the girl's not that young, and she's got like a lot of makeup on. She looks kind of tough, and I'm thinking. She's not gonna want to hear this. She's not gonna. She's not gonna. She's not gonna want a track. I can just get take my food, but I had the track in my hand, and so after she gave me my food, and she was about to close the window, I said, "I have something for you. Uh, here, here's a gospel track." And she said, "What?" Uh, and I said, "It's a gospel track." And she, 
stopped what she was doing and it seemed like for 30 seconds read the first couple of pages and then she goes wow thanks thanks a lot i really appreciate it thank you very much and i was like oh amen so you know you just you just don't you just don't know so they, the best policy is just pass them out well just let me let me say this uh, you know you're talking about some people that you met and I'm, I'm glad that you had some positive uh, uh, encounters I had one the other day at work where uh, a fella uh, I've been I work on the same committee as he works on and um, I'll meet from time to time and he knew I was religious and uh, for a good period of time you know often on meetings that we we'd have with each other he'd come over and talk to me and and he knew I was religious and so he he felt comfortable in talking about some things but he was a very staunch Roman Catholic and uh, this particular time last week he was really excited about uh, uh, what happened over in Portugal I I really didn't know other than the fact that it had something to do with the Shrine of Fatima and uh, he was all excited, and uh, you know he was wanting to know why I wasn't as excited as he was about it after he told me. And I said, "Well, uh, uh, guy's name is Matt." I said, "Matt, I I, I don't believe in that." He's he, his jaw hit the floor, <laughs> thinking that I should have been more excited about it, and uh, went on to take the Bible and started to show him some things, which led to one thing after another after another, and. And and a guy that was pretty mild mannered and and um, um, pretty cordial as long as I you know didn't voice anything against him turned out to be pretty confrontational hmm. and uh, it was it was rather interesting I mean I, I you know he I asked him you know a lot of questions about things and gave him a lot of scriptures so I, for me to recount it would be take too long but mm-hmm. but uh, you know suffice it to say that that uh, the culmination of that whole thing is that he was trusting in what he had been told yeah. and not what the Word of God said. I, I, I couldn't tell you the number of times I said, Matt, I said, do you know what the Bible says about that? Do you know what the Bible says about that? <laughs> and I'd quote him the scriptures, and it didn't make any difference because it wasn't going to sway him from what he had been told, what the church said, mm-hmm. and he would rather trust what he'd been told than, than what the Bible says. So. Mm-hmm. You know, you run into all kinds, and and uh, you know, I'm I'm appreciative, really, for anyone that will just have a conversation with you, Amen. and whether you uh, get the chance to lead them to the Lord or not, it's still uh, still a good good thing to be able to talk about the Lord, talk mm-hmm. about the Bible. Yeah. All right. Well, we don't have the youngster of the group here with us, who's now not that young anymore since he's 28, <laughs> but. Uh, I guess, well, we don't really, we, we've talked about maybe we would do a quote, but I think we're, we're going to forego the quote. It's getting a little bit late. We've got a late start this evening, so we thought we would maybe go right into the study unless Pastor Strobel or Steve, you have anything else you'd like to add? Well, let me just add one thing before we get into it. Um, might be a good time to introduce an idea we've been kicking around. Uh, okay. Um, Eric and I were talking uh, last week, and then we've uh, brought this up with Steve, but uh, we thought it might be nice to try to do a live call-in show where our listeners would get a chance to uh, join us and call in and, and ask questions live. And we're looking into ways to set that up. And uh, Eric, why don't you just, uh, you know, elaborate a little bit? Mm-hmm. 
We've thought of a couple of things. One is is taking calls on a phone, and I would run it through the mixer. Uh, the only negative to that, as we talked about it, would be that uh, the other folks that would not be able to hear our discussions, um, because we don't do this program, it's not like broadcast over a radio station that you can listen to. The The time that our listeners get to hear it is after we've already done it, and it's recorded. So doing a live show um, where people could listen to us, there's, there's a number of different places that, that can be done on the Internet, and one of those places is a uh, server called TalkShoe. And uh, what you'd be able to do there is you could either call in or um, you could Skype in, uh, either way. And uh, then you could be a part of the show. You could listen to other people. And there's even a little chat uh, section, a chat room that you could uh, chat and ask questions. And and the person that, as far as I understand it, because I haven't actually done it yet, um, the person that moderates, I could even say, okay, you're going to be up next. What's your question? And... and, um, so that's what we're looking at doing, and, and we're thinking that we would give you a plenty of advance notice to say it's going to be, for example, at 9 p.m. You know, Eastern Standard Time um, on this date, and uh, we'll give you instructions on how, to, on how to tune in and find us. Man, so for now, if you're interested, uh, please pray for us regarding this, and uh, feel free to give uh, Eric some positive feedback on that. I've also moved to the front of our website. If you're listening to us perhaps through iTunes or some other way, um, our website is thatsinthebible.com. All one word, T-H-A-T-S-I-N-T-H-E-B-I-B-L-E, thatsinthebible.com. And on the front of our website now is a 24-hour feedback line. It's 716-584-1611. And it also has our email address, thatsinthebible at gmail.com. We encourage you to, to give us a call, and uh, you can call that number 24 hours a day, anytime. You can leave a message, you can leave a question, you could leave feedback. Um, and if you do leave a question or feedback, and uh, just let us know that uh, if you'd like us, or it would be okay for us to, to include that on the air on one of our episodes, we, we'd like to do that and include you in our show. All right, anything else? I'm good. All right. So we'll go ahead and we'll take a look at, with Steve, the Bible Doctrine of the Trinity. As soon as I cue up the music. (laughs) There you go, Steve. Well, guys, thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. It's good to be with you guys and uh, all of you that listen Uh, As Eric has mentioned, we're going to be going over the Bible doctrine of the Trinity. And, um, you know, I got thinking about this the other day, uh, knowing that I would be doing this. And uh, it used to be that you could count on uh, uh, the vast majority of of Christian denominations that believe in the Trinity. But I believe those numbers are dwindling more and more and more. Uh, the the basic doctrines, uh, the fundamentals of the faith, as some might call them, are uh, once again be, uh, coming under question as to their validity. And uh, I think it's important for us, uh, uh, those of us that teach, to go back over some of these things, to um, reinforce them in the minds of those that uh, maybe once believed them, or uh, maybe those that are having doubts about it because they hear things from uh, supposed theologians that uh, um, you know are casting doubt on basic Bible doctrines. 
you know, I don't know, you know, sometimes you get thinking, well, this is probably pretty basic for those that listen to us, but, you know, I, I've learned a long time ago that we don't assume those things, and it's a, it's a doctrine that's from the Word of God, it's an important one, and I think we should uh, examine it this evening. Before I go any further, let's, uh, let's go ahead and pray just a moment. Father, we're thankful again for the time that we have. God, I ask that you'd bless this teaching. God, it's about you. God, I want to exalt you, and I want to magnify you, and I want to preach the tr- truth about you this night. So I pray that you'd help me by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, basically, to start this thing off, there are three uh, basic teachings about the Trinity. Uh, some of you may not be aware of this one, but this one is, is one that's called Jesus' Oneness. Uh, there's a verse of scripture that says, if you have seen me, Jesus Christ speaking, you've seen the Father. And therefore, their assumption because of that is that the name of the Father is Jesus. Uh, you know, and, and that's one of the teachings that are out there in regards to the Trinity, that, that all three of them are one, and they're not three separate beings. The second one is the, the Jehovah Witness teaching, and there are more than just the Jehovah Witness that teach this, that the Father is one God, and Jesus is another God, and the Holy Spirit is another God. So making the fact that you have three separate gods. If you take your Bible and turn to uh, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, take a look in verse 18. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 18, it says this, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Now the new Bibles have taken this verse, and they've changed it to create a doctrine that would be compatible with the Jehovah Witness. And how that verse reads in the new modern Bibles is, is this, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Making two separate gods, the one declaring the other. And uh, so you you come up with a teaching uh, of two separate gods in that particular verse. This really isn't anything new. Uh, This is uh, a teaching that has gone all the way back to the early church fathers. And a gentleman by the name of uh, Arius taught this uh, back, uh, oh, probably around the Council of of Nicaea in 325 A.D. Uh, And, of course, the new Bibles support this teaching. Um, We don't believe in that. We believe the third option uh, how it's taught that it's one God manifest in three persons, um, and I'll we'll we'll go through through some things that will uh, hopefully make that clear for you. But you know, on the onset, to say that that I'm going to prove the Trinity is kind of an ambiguous thing, or 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 something that's that's kind of out there, uh, rather difficult if you if you understand what I mean. Because it's something that's not tangible, something that we can't touch, something that we can't um, hear, other than what we have written in the Word of God, and and maybe some other evidences that might help us understand that. Uh, you know, it's 
it's hard to understand the Trinity with our finite minds. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, God speaking says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes for us to understand a spiritual being with a finite human mind is pretty hard. Uh, And sometimes you have to take the things that, that are written in the Word of God and believe them by faith. Now, we're going to try to do some things to show you from the Word of God that, that your faith is well-founded in believing in the Trinity. You're not going to find that word, Trinity, uh, that I can remember. Uh, I don't believe I'm wrong in saying that I don't, uh, I don't think it's in the Bible. Um, I'm trying to run through my mind right now and trying to remember any scripture. Pastor Strobel can probably correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't think the word Trinity is found in the Word of God. I believe it's, it's a word similar to the rapture that describes something that is a truth there. And uh, when you get to the, uh, uh, the Old Testament Jews, uh, they believed in one God. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, this is kind of the foundation for one of the things why uh, more uh, we don't have more Jews, uh, Israelis, uh, believing the Christian doctrine of the Trinity is because of this verse found in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, is one Lord. He's one Lord. Now, that's emphasized again in the New Testament. Uh, If you take a look in Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, let me get there. Ephesians chapter 4, take a look in, um, oh, verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, even as you're all called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And when it talks like that, it's, it's making um, distinction from others. There is one true God. There is one uh, body. There is one true spirit. I mean, You've read in your Bible where the fellow in in Mark chapter five was filled with with many spirits and evil evil spirits and so forth. There are more than one spirits. I believe there's a verse in Second Corinthians where it says there are gods many and lords many. Um, but this verse is trying to make a distinction that there's one true God and uh, one. Father of us all, one Lord, one God, Father of us all. <clears throat> and so what I'd like to do is take you to Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1, and introduce you to a concept that was not known to those in the Old Testament, and that is being the Godhead, the Godhead. Uh, in Romans chapter 1 and verse 20, 
For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Talking about the lost, they're without excuse. Uh, and mankind is without excuse. The Godhead is in reference to the fact that there is one God, but three manifestations of that God. And we'll get into that a little bit more uh, in, in a few moments. But go to Colossians chapter 2, and you'll see this thing on the Godhead one more time. And it'll kind of bring into focus what we're talking about as far as um, the Godhead being a representation of the Trinity. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9 for in him, that's talking about Jesus Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, we believe that God, as it says in uh, John chapter 4, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Uh, Jesus Christ is the visible form of God. He is the, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And, of course, the spirit is the spirit it is an unseen unseen uh, not just force but being now to further uh, uh, kind of uh, exemplify that go to first Thessalonians chapter 5 first Thessalonians chapter 5 first Thessalonians chapter 5 take a look at verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the reason why I show you that is the fact that, that when God made man, he made him, Adam, in his own image. And when he made him in that image, he made him a body and a soul and a spirit, or as it has here in First Thessalonians, whole spirit, soul, and body. And what that does is that exemplifies God himself, being that the fact that there is a spirit, the soul, and the body, the soul being God and the body being Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to take a look at that the fact that th these things are manifested again. Uh, take a look in Matthew chapter 10, verse uh, 28. There are three separate entities comprising one being. And that's, again, what the emphasis there in 1 Thessalonians 5. You, as a person, are made up of a spirit and a soul and a body. Yet all three of those make up you and you're just one being. So we're going to see that each of those are separate entities. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28, Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Notice there are two distinct things. There are two distinct things, the soul and the body. They're not the same. They're two distinct things. Go to Colossians chapter 2. 
Colossians chapter 2 and verse 5 says, For though I be absent in the flesh, the body, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying, beholding your order, and the steadfastness of your faith. So you have the, the spirit and you have the flesh. Now go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, which is the body, and it is and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You have the word of God that is able to divide asunder between soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow, which is your body, showing you that all three of those things are separate, yet they still make up one being, as far as a human being is concerned. Now go back to, to uh, uh, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And verse 20 again. <clears throat> now notice what it says here. For the invisible things of him, talking about God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen. They're clearly seen. So what that tells us, from the creation, there are things that we can see that manifest God to us. Now, just bear with me here. I'm going to try to put these things, and hopefully you'll understand what I'm, what I'm talking about. The sun puts out rays. There are three t different types of rays that come out. There's the alpha ray, the beta ray, and the gamma ray. These are all classified as light, heat, and uh, antinic. The sun is one sun. It's one unit. It's not three separate stars, but it puts out light rays that can be seen and not felt, which is a representation of Jesus. It has heat rays that can be felt and not seen, which is the Holy Spirit. And you have antinic rays, I believe it's antinic rays, that are neither felt nor seen, which is a representation of God the Father. Now, I've had people say, well, prove to me that there's a God. Prove to me that there's a Trinity. And uh, I often use this as, as an example. I can prove God mathematically. I can prove the Trinity mathematically. <clears throat> if you take one times one times one equals what? It equals one. You have three separate integers multiplied among themselves, and they all three equal one. You have a water molecule, which is made up of three separate parts. You have one part hydrogen, and you have two separate, uh, I'm sorry, one part oxygen, there we go, and two separate hydrogen atoms. All three make up one molecule of water. There are three forms of that water. There's a solid there's liquid, and there's gas. You have ice, you have water, and you have steam. 
all three in different states, yet they still are water. You can have um, a, a place. Let's uh, let's let's make up a company. Uh, this company is called Smith and Company. It's one firm with one name, but they have three brothers: Henry, John, and Peter. All three separate inter- in- in- entities making up one distinct com- uh, company. The Bible manifests the Trinity. Uh, go to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. And let's take a look in verse 13. Then Jesus uh, from Galilee, uh, come, then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John. I'm starting in verse 13. To be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said, said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were, uh, were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now notice in that passage you have Jesus who is in the water. The Spirit comes down and lights upon him as a dove, and you have the voice of God speaking from heaven. All three, three separate entities in three separate forms, all in one, comprising one God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14, you have a very famous uh, benediction. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. All three of them are there in one, they're one being, but they're in three separate parts. Uh, In Matthew chapter 28, this very familiar verse, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, some would say, well, that only proves the fact that there are three separate gods there. But I beg to differ with you. Go to Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Now, God is creating in his creative act here. And in verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the uh, the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. It says, and God said, let us, showing you that God is one 
being separated by three separate entities denoted by let us make man in our image. Remember that verse we went to there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5? It says, and, the, and uh, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. When God made man, he made him into a trinity. Now, one of the verses that is messed around with in all the new Bibles, and I believe the devil wants this verse out of there because it's a very clear, clear verse on the Trinity. And that verse, of course, is 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7, it says this, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. These three are one. Now, the standard line that you're going to get is that the oldest manuscripts do not have evidence of this verse. And I've done uh, some research even back when I was in Bible school, but, um, and, I, and I can't remember the, the particular manuscripts that have this, this verse in it, but I do remember the fact that, that long before the manuscripts that are said to be the oldest, which are around the 3rd and 4th century, which are Vaticanus and Sinaiticus, there is evidence that shows that this verse is there in about the 2nd century and, the, and the, uh, uh, in, on into the 3rd. And that is there before Vaticanus and Sinaiticus. And it is evidenced that it has uh, evidence shows that it's, it should be included in, uh, in the scriptures. And, of course, it's, it's a very, very important verse. It shows us that there are three, three separate entities that bear record in heaven, and it names them the Father, the Word, which is Jesus Christ. Go back to John chapter 1. You can know that. Also, 1 John chapter 1, it shows that again. And the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. They're one. Now, um... Just to, to show to to add maybe a little bit here, I want to show you some other things. Um, the, all three of these beings, the Father, Son, and, and the Holy Ghost, they are all active in the act of creation. In Genesis three, one three, God said. In John 1, verses 1 and 3, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were created by Him, saying that the Word created. In Genesis 1, 2, uh, you have, and Job 26, uh, verses 12 and 13, the Holy Spirit is active in that. You have all three of them active in uh, in unity in, in the resurrection. The Father, is, and I'll give you these verses. You can look them up later. We'll try, I'll try to have them up on the podcast so that you can see them on the, on the uh, website. The Father in Acts chapter 3 and verse 26. The Son in John chapter 2 verses 19 through 21. The Holy Spirit in Romans chapter 8 verse 11. 
You have him in the uh, in, uh, incarnation. In uh, uh, John chapter 3 and verse 16, God gave the Son. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 11, the Son was born. In uh, Luke chapter 1 and verse 35, the Spirit conceived. All three of them are active. Uh, they're active in redemption. And in, uh, in, uh, take a look. Go to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. Let me see if this is the one that I'm thinking of. Hebrews chapter 9. I believe all three of them are evidenced in one verse. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. See, all three of them there, acting in unity in our redemption. Uh, they all are in unity and acting in, in prayer. In John chapter 16, verse 23, the Father receives the request. In John chapter 16, verse 23, it's in the Son's name in whom we pray. In Romans chapter 8, and verse 26, the Spirit intercedes or prays for us when we don't know what to pray. Um, in regards to the Trinity, and again, I'll put these up on the, on the website, um, the, the Trinity uh, has the attributes of God, uh, such attributes as being eternal, being omnipotent, being omniscient, being omnipresent. Uh, holy, uh, being holy, uh, being truth, uh, being benevolent, uh, in communion. Uh, all of these things are attributes of God, and there are verses here that show that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are all active in those attributes of God. All of them show that they are indeed deity. Now, those that would try to scoff and, and downplay these things are only showing their ignorance of the Word of God. Most of these people that will use the Scripture may take an obscure verse and try to show that the Trinity is not true. But I think from the bulk of, of the Scriptures that will evidence, uh, not only from what I've spoken, but what I'll show on the website, can readily uh, diffuse any argument that one may come up to teach against the Trinity. What they're trying to do is they're trying to get rid of God. They're trying to get rid of the power of, of God, of Jesus Christ as God. And they're trying to get rid of the, the power of the Holy Spirit being inside of us. When it says, God, uh, Christ in us, the hope of glory, and uh, so forth, that we have the Spirit of God inside us, we have Jesus Christ inside of us, we have God inside of us that's working in us and, and for us and through us. And uh, they want to try to downplay that and put that aside. Now, uh, I, I, hopefully this has been uh, edifying for you and maybe eye-opening for some to realize that the Trinity is not some obscure doctrine that our forefathers believed in, but it is a real, true uh, a doctrine that needs to be held to 
in this day and age when more and more Christians are falling away from the Trinity. Again, let me state that the Trinity is a foundational truth of our belief, and uh, it's essential for us to hold true to that doctrine. Guys, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. All right, Steve, and thank you very much. I thought that was a very clear and uh, pretty concise presentation. Amen. Pastor Strobel, anything to add? Uh, yes, amen. It's had to unmute myself there. <laughs> amen. Steve did a lot of uh, a good. Uh, he did a good job. Covered a lot of ground uh, with that. Um, I do want to affirm that he is correct when he said that the word Trinity is not found in the Bible. Thank you. Uh, that does not mean that Trin- the Trinity is not found in the Bible, for he showed you it was. Uh, we have other words like that that are not found in the Bible, but they describe things that are in the Bible, words like millennium. Mm-hmm. Um, that word is not in the Bible, but the millennium certainly is, Revelation chapter 20. Uh, the rapture, that word is not found in, the, found in the Bible, but it describes an event found in the Bible that's uh, clearly shown in First Thessalonians chapter 4, the end of the chapter. And as Steve also told you, if you wanted to get a Bible name for uh, the Trinity, it would be the Godhead. Mm-hmm. And uh, that shows up, uh, coincidentally, that word shows up three times in the mm-hmm. Scriptures, just coincidentally. Amen. Um, he was mentioning about the Trinity being present at creation, and uh, something that will just help to solidify that is when in, the, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. There's many places in the New Testament, and I'll just give you one, that showed you that it was the Lord Jesus Christ that created the um, uh, creation. <laughs> Ephesians 3, 9 is just one, which says, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So he created it. He was God, but it was God the Son. Um, somebody has put a little rhyme together about the Trinity that helps you to remember what it's all about. And uh, we, we describe it as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And they've said it's three in one and one in three, and the one in the middle died for me. Amen. And that's the Son. Um, also, just to, uh, he, Steve was ask, uh, mentioning the different types of rays. And uh, just in case anybody goes looking up that uh, third one, it would be spelled A-C-T-I-N-I-C, actinic uh, Actinic. rays. Thank you. And uh, another illustration I find that really, to me in nature, shows um, the Trinity would be an egg. An egg has three parts to it. It has a shell, it has a yolk, and it has... um, the other part, when it's cooked, called the white of the egg, but the technical term for that uh, is albumin. And you can separate all three of them, but they, they, they all three go together to make uh, one egg. Mm-hmm. And uh, one other thing, one last uh, thought, uh, another verse that uh, I, I think of when I, I deal with the Trinity would be First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, which says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Well, when was he manifest in the flesh? Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it. It's when the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. By the way, John said that word was God in John 1, verse number 1. God was manifest in the flesh. So there's God the Father, there's God the Son, and then he was justified in the Spirit, capital S. And there's God the Holy Ghost. And when you begin to um, 
have your eyes opened up to the Trinity and you begin to read the scriptures, uh, you'll find them all all over the place. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steve's uh, done a good job of laying it out for you. And you keep your eyes open, you'll find more yourself. Amen. 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 All right. Well, let's see. This has been under an hour. <laughs> I can't remember the last time we've had a show. Well, I must that... tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> Who who's missing? <laughs> That's good. I have to take my shot. <laughs> Matt would be disappointed if I didn't take a shot. <laughs> because you know he would take his shot if oh, he yes. were if he were oh, here. Yes. That's good. <laughs> so uh, we'll be looking for uh, look for that information and please give us some feedback as, uh, regarding that live show that we we talked about. I think that I think that would be fun to do and be a chance for you to call in and and uh, give us some questions or comments and just join in with us as we as we record that podcast uh, sometime in the future look for uh, more information about that on our website and we'll I'm sure we'll also be talking about it on the upcoming podcasts as as we firm that up so fellas what else do you have to say it's been real <laughs> I, I, I want to keep going on. I want to keep going on the Trinity. <laughs> How about this parting shot, Matthew twenty-seven forty-six? That's when Jesus cried out, "My God, My God, why hast Thou forsaken me? My God, there's the Father. My God, there's the Holy Ghost, and, and My God, there's the Son." Amen. Addressing the other two. Yep. Amen. And I, I know that you've mentioned. I mean, sometimes the Holy Spirit we don't we don't talk a lot about, but I know Pastor Strobel that you've mentioned and. I believe teaching Sunday school um, prior Acts five three through four and verse three where Ananias is said to have lied to the Holy Ghost. Yep. And you know, talking more about verse four um, from the pastor's lie of the Holy Ghost is really kind of the delight of God at the same time because the Holy Ghost is God. Right, and he, he goes on and says in that passage, uh, "Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God." Amen. Right. That identifies him. So there's. It is, and once you're looking for it, those those examples pop out all over the Bible. Amen. I think in Second Corinthians chapter three, it says, "Now the Lord is that Spirit, capital S." Mm-hmm. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's it. Amen. 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 Well, we'll see you guys next That's time, Lord willing. That's the end. This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening and press on.